Good morning. I want to welcome you all to our class this morning. We have um, this co- this class, this series of classes is um, just was the talkative ones. Oh yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> uh, it's very good. The series of classes is both, but we're trying to do two things with these classes. Number one, we're trying to introduce you to some content this morning that hopefully will be helpful for you. Um, Just as we did last week, as we'll do in two weeks, we're not meeting over um, Memorial Day weekend, but basically that will help you today with something in your life, in your spiritual life, in your actual life, Um, which is your spiritual life, yes, but you know what I mean. And But then we're also trying to give you a little window onto some of the curricula, some of what we use during the discipleship class here at the Advent. And so this is a class that's offered for women. If you have this sheet, it has all the details on it. Um, if you have any questions about it, come and ask me. Come and ask Gretchen, who's one of the teachers in one of the classes. Um, there are a couple of others. Anybody else who's been through the class want to raise a hand here? There's Melinda back there, Kristen, and Lynn. Um, come and ask people questions. Just say, what is this about? What is this like? And um, But basically, the hope is that through this class, um, people will feel comfortable uh, about their faith. Say, I know the Bible. I know um, a little bit of why, as a Christian, we do the things we do. We say the things we say. We have the liturgy that we have on Sunday mornings. What do we believe as Christians? A little bit of theology. What's a little tiny bit of a window into the history of the church? All of those things combined together into one two-year class. Um, So with that in mind, Gretchen has taught before on listening and on interceding. We're going to focus more on listening this morning. But I'd love to say a prayer for all of us as we begin. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your daughter Gretchen, and thank you, Lord, for the way you speak through her. And we ask that you would indeed speak through her this morning. Um, Would you give us ears to hear her, but ears also to hear you speaking through her. And so we ask then not only that you would empower her, but also that you would tenderize our hearts. Give us listening hearts to hear what you would say to us this morning. For your glory's sake and in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. yeah, and um, like Deborah was saying, and this is, um, look at my little friends that are here. Um, in discipleship class, we talk about church history, theology, liturgy, and practice. This is one that's kind of be more toward the practice part. So just going to tell you that. Um, okay. And then this class is sort of a conglomeration of a talk on listening that I gave at our discipleship group retreat a year and a half ago. Um, And I mixed it in with a little bit about praying in community and intercessory prayer like we do every week at discipleship group and like we do at the Advent House. Um, So I was getting a little little bit of that in too. Um, But most of our time this morning is going to be based on a talk actually that Mary Zaw gave at the 2000, don't go anywhere yet, (laughs) Um, at the 2010 Mockingbird Conference. Um, Her talk was based on this book right here, Listening. Does anybody know this book? By Ann Long. They used to have it in the bookstore. I don't know if they do anymore, but you can get it. Um, through Amazon, it's, they don't ha- they're not new. They'll be used, but they'll be like nine dollars, so no big deal. Um, but Anne Long was an Anglican priest in England. Um, I think she's still alive. She's retired now, but she actually came to the Advent, and I think it was like 2003, and did some teachings on listening. And um, 
and Mary Zoll was one of her best students. So, um, and so that's the kind of the thing. I am not a good listener. My some two fifths of my family are here, and they could tell you that. And then lots of you are my friends, and you probably also know that she shouldn't be talking on this, but. Um, you know, if we know we have a problem, that's the first step to getting better. So, um, all right, so we'll begin now. Um, in a letter to the church in Philippi, this guy wrote this Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but, but each of you to the interest of others. And that's, um, I'm going to write that. I'm just going to write this so we can look back at it later on. This is the main part. How you, others above yourselves. Um. I want us to kind of keep that in mind, um, but as um, but then as as Mary Zoll, Mary Zoll, um, kind of paraphrased it um, with regard to our subject, she said, "I'm sorry, oh, Mac. Don't look at that yet." <laughs> she said, "Listening is simply this: I value what you have to say." more than what I have to say. Can you see? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's the paraphrased version of St. Paul. Um, okay, now, let's click on the next one, Deborah. All right, let's stop right there. Um, let's think about something, though, first. Um, I want everybody to think. Think about some time when you are not listened to. Not listened to. Okay. Think about some time. Now, how did that make you feel? Can y'all... Frustrated. Frustrated. Diminished. Inconsequential. Thank you. About angry. Angry. <laughs> ignored. Ignored. More. Okay. All right. Now, if you can think of something, think about a time when you were listened to. You can think of a time. Okay. 
Um, so you can see the act of listening or not listening can elicit some very powerful feelings. Um, click on it one more time. Um, this is Ann Long, <laughs> and she said, Simple listening presence is immensely comforting. There are times when what we need most is not words of advice or direction, but the knowledge that someone is there, accepting us as we are, that we are not alone after all. Um, okay. Um, but I guess, you know, some, some of the things you can just think about is just think about all that could happen. Think about how your relationships could be better. Think about how your prayer life could be better if, um, if you listened a little bit better. Um, and then, I, you know, I just kind of thought about this, too, as I was working through this. I just was remembering... One of my favorite stories um, in the Bible about Mary and Martha. And, you know, we all know that story about um, when Jesus really got on to um, Martha and commended Mary um, when he told her that she was doing the one thing needful when she was sitting at his feet listening. Um, okay, moving along. Why do you think it was so easy to think of times when you haven't been listened to? Um, well, Sorry, was it oh, that was it. That was okay. great. Um, yeah, you can go ahead. Um, listening is hard. That's the thing. Um, we've got all these things competing for our attention. Um, let's, think, let's think about times when there's so many words that you that you're hearing. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, um, you know, if you're like me, first thing you're doing is you're checking your email, you're checking your phone, seeing if you, somebody has texted you. Um, you've got all that going on your computer. TV goes on. You've got the radio on in the car. Um, and something Jim and I have kind of talked about is just how fast a pace that we're always moving in. Um, you know, I was thinking about you know, you go to a meeting and the meeting is going to last an hour. And so, if you're like me and have a lot of opinions, um, <laughs> you think, well, I got to say what I think because I've only got an hour. I've got to say what I need think needs saying. But um, you know, that's not really valuing others above ourselves, is it? Um, but there's that going on, and then there's um, ourselves. Um, I don't know if this sounds familiar to you like it does to me, but you know, I'll um, be in conversation with somebody, and then you know, an hour later, I'm thinking, you know, I just talked too much. I just didn't listen a bit. Um, I don't know if that sounds familiar to anybody. Um, but then there, there's the inner self. Um, that inner critic, that voice inside of our head that's always talking. So we've got all these things competing to, to, in our head, um, all these barriers to real listening to people and to God. Um, so we'd like to listen better. Um, I mean, because you can see what happens if we're not listening well. But then we know there are all these barriers. So, um, 
But the good news, like I said, is if we acknowledge that we've got a problem, that's the first step, and then we can do some things to get better. And um, listening is one of those things that it just takes practice. It just takes practice, and you're not going to get any better unless you practice. Um, so what we're shooting for, you can go ahead on just that one click. What we're, not this click, that other click. <laughs> what we're shooting for is um, it's called active or reflective listening. And um, we're going to look first, well, we're going to look at some characteristics of what that means. But first, I'd like to show you a little clip of a guy who's not a very good listener, and his coworkers tried to help him with that. So here's the guy. <laughs> Oh, it's like you were saying there's a problem connecting. It'll, it'll work out. We just have to listen and be still for a minute. Okay, let's listen. <laughs> It is crucial that oh, here we go. Okay. you listen, Dwight. Also, you want to respect their... Are you listening now? Yes. Okay, well, you have to show us. That's impossible. Listening happens in the ear and in the brain. I mean, some organisms have external hairs that vibrate to indicate auditory stimulation, but unfortunately, our external hairs don't vibrate at all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A little smile and a nod shows that I hear you. Got it? Kind of. Nellie, why don't you tell Dwight what we were doing earlier today, and Dwight, you show us that you're listening. Well, we were in the warehouse where we were discussing the murals that our commission had to paint there. We were talking about the color schemes and the major themes we want to hit. Children of the world coming together, cutting down trees to make paper, not in a child labor way. It's just up and down. Just a regular knot, like a person. I am a person. <laughs> we can do this, all right? And then we thought we... I can't. I just I can't carry on with that face. Look at it. I'm going to get nice. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, Okay. laughs> um, um, so active listening, we're going to go through some of the, um, some of the characteristics. Involves more listening and less talking. Um, communication, and this is another slide I had, but I just didn't put it up there. Communication is made up of only 7% words. Um, it's also 38% is the tone of your voice or the inflection, and 55% is body language. Um, so you really have to be pay attention, paying attention. And that's why, you know, it's not good if you've got something really important to talk about. That's why you don't 
text it or email it. You know, you have to be in person for those kind of things. Okay, next one is restating and clarifying what the speaker is saying. Um, what you can do is, you know, stuff like, all right, when someone's speaking, then you say, all right, let me hear, let me, let me see if I heard you correctly. Um, or what do you think is at the heart of what you've been saying? Um, or like, um, would you like to say more? Or like how Paul's all used to say, you look thoughtful that way, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, all right, number three. Um, trying to understand the feelings contained in what the speaker is saying, not just the facts or the ideas. You're looking to see if there's some kind of emotion involved. Are they sad? Um, you know, is there like a lack of control that they're experiencing? Or is there fear involved? Okay, and let's see, number four. Um, this is the Atticus Finch rule. <laughs> Trying to put ourselves in the speaker's shoes, like Atticus said, Scout, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. And then the fifth one, um, responding with acceptance and empathy, like Dwight was trying to do. He was trying to nod and listen like he understood. Um, but it, but it's you're just nodding and you're listening. You're not trying to solve problem solve. Okay. And then, all right, let me do the next one. And then here's a, um, just some little, mostly they're don'ts, about how to be a better listener. And I've got some handouts. And this is, you, can, you don't have to write that down because I'm handing it out to you. And we can kind of go through it a little bit. Thank you, lovely assistant. bunch of don'ts. Um, don't interrupt. Even if you, and see, I'm so bad at this. Look at my husband looking at me. Um, don't interrupt, even if you're trying to reassure. Um, don't ask yes or no questions. Try to be open-ended with your questions. Like what we were saying, what else? Can you tell me more? Um, and like, what happens when you do that? <laughs> um, don't ask too many questions. This is a problem with our boy child because he only gives yes or no answers. And so I feel like I'm interrogating him when I'm trying to ask him questions. And don't try to solve the problem. This is one that I think we're all, um, it's all hard not to do because um, you want to help. And especially when you're, you know, working with your children, you want to 
you want to solve their problems for them. Lots of times you really do know better. Sometimes you don't, but sometimes you really do. But it's, it's best not to try to solve the problem, not in that phase of listening. Um, don't use the word should. Um, well, this is what you should do. Or you shouldn't be feeling that way. Don't use that word. Um, don't relate the problem with one of your own. Keep your stories to yourself. Um, because otherwise it turns into you're valuing yourself more than them. That's how you're leaving them. You're leaving them with thinking, well, they didn't hear me because they were really thinking about themselves. Um, I'll leave that down. Um, don't minimize feelings, however seemingly irrational they may be. Um, don't formulate what you're going to say next while the other person is speaking. I have a hard time with that. Um, lots of times we focus on hearing. Um, we don't focus on hearing. Um, we, we focus on how am I going to respond. Um, and again, this puts um, the focus on me rather than that person. Um, we aren't valuing others more than ourselves when we're just thinking about how we're going to respond to what they're saying. Okay. Any questions? Are we good? Are we good? Okay. I was going to say a lot of times too with the listening I've learned and I don't, I'm not great at it but me when I would try to give advice or help it'd be under the guise of help but a lot of times it's because that person's level of discomfort makes me uncomfortable yeah. and I want to fix Right. You know, and I could say all day long, well, I was trying to help. Yeah. So, but really, if I examine my motivation in that instance, it's kind of to make me feel better. So yeah, that's right. Worry about their that's issues, right. Instead of letting letting them come to their own yeah. conclusion or, or point, you know. That's that's it. That's what we're trying to get to. I think that's part of the problem, too, is uh, that I see in myself when I'm not listening is the lack of presence. I'm not willing to just be there with this person, especially if there's a problem, just to be with them in the midst of the problem, to not fix it, to not, and very often um, they'll fix it themselves simply by talking it out, and what a gift to be able to be a sounding board for them, literally an, a, 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 an auditory um, way of loving them, just sitting there and listening, and then they talk it out themselves by having you as a sounding board. That's right, that's right. Um, and so, hit it. What we're shooting for is to step back and let the Holy Spirit get involved. We're trying to create space so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Where the person can maybe hear the Holy Spirit or we can hear the Holy Spirit ourselves when we're maybe even praying for them later. Um, and which brings us to um, this first one is um, praying in community and this is something that we do in discipleship class every week at the end of our teaching time um, we're praying together and Trisha was saying last week when she taught that when she first started discipleship group she was nervous wreck and couldn't pray in front of people um, but um, she couldn't pray in, aloud in front of people she would she would get so nervous. Well, this is something that we do, and we get better at it. Um, but we're just taking, we're just listening to what our friend is saying, listening to their concerns, 
and we're just sending them up to the Lord. Um, and it's really neat. It's really neat what happens over the course of two years, being with people and praying them through two years worth of stuff. <laughs> because, you know, we've seen this class we just finished. I mean, we've prayed through births and births and um, deaths and sickness and job issues and job changes and all kinds of things but it's just so sweet um, to see the body of Christ together praying for each other um, and we're experiencing God the, the Lord lets us experience him through serving our other little friends um, but you know, I have this. Um, Robert and I are in a men's small group, and one of the things we do as a men is we go around the table talking about issues we would like prayer about, and we're to pray for the person either on our left or our right, and that really forces you to listen. To oh, good for y'all. Pray for that person. Uh huh. So, um, it's really powerful what you're talking about. Way to go, men folk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to say anything else about that? Oh, what, sorry. Um, no. I think that. Um, I think one of the things too is we we do try to give everyone a chance to listen too, and so that's where with twelve people in the group, you know, each group has at least twelve people in it. Um, Thirteen, if I'm there on that particular day or night. And, and each person, it's not a time for each person to, if there's a crisis, we'll stop everything. But it's not, it's not therapy. So it's not, no, no one person gets 10 minutes or 20 yeah. minutes and, and maybe even not five. You know, we just learn to know who needs, who needs more time. Does so-and-so need five minutes tonight, right? And you sort of just sense it in the room. I think though, one thing that, I think Anne Long mentions this, and if you're someone who um, wants to be a good listener and you feel the burden of being a good listener, sometimes you get trapped into being a good listener at a time that's not good for you. And you might think, well, I'm supposed to do this. I have to do this. This is along the lines of Philippians. I need to be a good, you know, giving of myself, sacrificing of myself for the benefit of this other person. And you can find yourself, um, you know, I literally this week had one moment. I got a phone call. It wasn't from anyone in this room. It was someone that needed me to listen to them. I wanted to listen to them. I was standing in a place where it was about 90 degrees, and I desperately had to use the restroom. And I just had to say, I've got to call you back. I cannot. I'm so sorry. I can't listen right now. And those are physical issues, but also it might be an emotional thing. You might not be in a place where you can give that person your undivided attention. And it's really helpful to be able to recognize that, to be in touch with your own emotions in the moment, and to say, I'm so sorry, I cannot talk right now. Can I call you back in 20 minutes? I have an hour at 3 o'clock this afternoon. I'll, I can, Or, and even if someone calls you, to say at the beginning of the phone call, I have 20 <coughs> minutes, what do you have on your heart? I'd mm -hmm. love to hear what you have to say. And let them talk for all of the 20 minutes that it needs to be. And you can even say, now I'm going to have to go in two minutes. <coughs> but giving them those parameters helps them be able to explore and, and say all of what they need to say. And remember Mary's all talking about that. That's giving yourself grace in the midst of extending grace to this person that you care about. Mm -hmm. <coughs> that's a great point. Can I have one? Yeah. I think sometimes too with my spouse and even sometimes like with my mom or 
there have been times where I've had to acknowledge that maybe in that moment I have a problem with perspective. Like I'm very invested in the issue that they're talking about and it's difficult for me to emotionally back. back off, you know, and take a back seat. And so I've learned to say, you know, I think I, I, I love you and I'm here to listen and I totally support you that you might want to talk to somebody else about the details of that situation just because, you know, it's difficult for me to take a backseat or, to, you know, I have, yeah. a, I have a lack of perspective in this certain situation. Or a vested interest I have in a certain yeah. outcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I, I just can't, I'm, I can't help except to tell you that I love you no matter what, you know, or whatever it is. I can't be neutral. I'm, I'm going to steer neutral. you towards the outcome that I would like to see. Right. 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 I think one thing along those lines as well, and this perhaps relates, tell me, uh, my child is not talking or listening to me at all yet, or she doesn't understand what I'm saying. But with children in particular, but I think with anyone, as we listen and um, we might see what they need to do, there's something about telling someone what they need to do. How often is that actually successful? How often does someone really say, gee, so-and-so is so right. I need to go do that. Uh-huh. It's very rare, and that's because of our sinful human nature. We, it, it, When someone tells us what to do, it's as though we're hearing the law and saying, you've got to do this or else. For better or for worse, very often that's the case. Not always. Sometimes that we hear the should and the redeemed part of us, thanks be to God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, says, that's amazing. I want to do that. That seems like exactly the right thing to do, and we just do it without thinking uh, about it. But very often we don't. And so hearing what needs to happen, even if there's some part of us that recognize that's what needs to happen, we're not we're not going to do it, especially if it's our mother telling us. Mm. And so that's where I think... Except um Brian Douglas. Well, it's just true. Yeah. It's just the way human nature works, unfortunately, right. on this side of the fall. And so, so allowing this space for the person to talk it out helps them perhaps arrive at the right the right conclusion or a conclusion, a solution that's really going to work for them. And and then what what a gift, what a gift of grace to be able to give them that sense of autonomy, that sense of um, authority in their own life. Um, mm-hmm. What a way to ha- have someone grow up into mm-hmm. adulthood mm-hmm. Um, emotionally and spiritually. Great. Yeah. Um, and so that just we're going to kind of wrap it up with just talking about intercessory prayer just a little bit and, and praying in community is intercessory prayer um where you're praying for another person um but i kind of was sort of likening it to what we do at the advent house where we're we're praying and if you're one of the people upstairs you don't even know what you're praying for you're just up there and you're listening and it's just such a beautiful thing um where you're really experiencing that that really that supernatural valuing of others above yourself because you're just listening to what how the Lord leads you in that in that little time um, and it's just such a kind of a wild thing that you know I the way I think about it is the you know the creator of the universe the the God who um, has dominion over the wind and the rain and the sea and the one who conquered death, well, he wants to talk to us, us little bitty people. Um, it's just a beautiful thing <laughs> to think that he really does want to talk to us, and he does talk to us. Um, but sometimes we just need to slow down and uh, recognize that there are barriers to listening, um, but just maybe take some time to really just devote that time to listening to him. Um, just to being still and knowing that he is God. 
and that's all, that's all I had. Oh, I kept wanting to move on oh, to the next. Oh, but then yeah. there, yeah, sorry, I forgot no, about I'm this. Sorry, but it was like, um, an intercessory prayer is like what Paul's all used to always say, that we, you know, I bring nothing to the table, and that's how it is. Um, and you don't have to be at the Advent House or Cranmer House, or you can be any place. You can be at the grocery store. You can be over the phone praying for somebody and listening. But you know that you don't bring anything to the table. Um, you're just listening for the Lord in those moments. And that's what I had. Yes, Nancy? I've been thinking of the word silence because I've been reading a book about the silence of God. So, you know, it's like the silence that I need to hear to make space for the silence and just listen. The person just starts falling apart emotionally and just like that. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try to fill it with words. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're you're interceding right then in that we feel uncomfortable with silence and I think Donna was getting at that. I do. Yeah. I know. And and so sitting with the uncomfortable silence, it feels like, oh, they really want me to talk and make them feel better. Mm-hmm. Just like if someone's crying, they really want me to hand them a, a tissue, which I love that Paul Zoll would always say, if you hand someone the tissue, it's basically saying, stop crying. I feel uncomfortable with oh, crying. Oh, yeah. But if you just let someone be there, be in the, the emotion that they're feeling and even allow that emotion, you're going to catch it, unfortunately. And maybe that's why you want to fill the silence. But allow that emotion to wash over yourself as well. It's hard to do, but it's also a gift to be in that together. And if you rearrange the letters in the word silence, you get listen. I didn't plant that, but good job, Nancy. <laughs> all right, that's all I have. Any other questions for Gretchen? <sighs> this is the first time I've ever taught a Sunday school class. Good job. And uh, I've never done a PowerPoint, but thanks to my oldest girl child and the youngest one got me started, but she made it look pretty. And then I have my beautiful attendant here. Would you um would you like to pray or would you like to pray? Whatever you yeah. do. I actually so we're gonna pray, but we're gonna actually we have the time to take about a minute of silence. Since we were talking about it, we're gonna do it. <laughs> oh sorry. Oh. Um so just hang tight, you know, it allow this to be time that the Lord uses for you. So let's pray. Dear Father, we acknowledge that we're just not good listeners sometimes. Um, We ask you to help us to be better listeners um, for the sake of those that we love and those that we work with and those that we just know a little bit, but mostly for your sake, Lord. Um, Help us to be better listeners. And 
but also in those times when we fail miserably and we wish that we hadn't talked so much um, we thank you Lord that you're always listening you're always listening and you don't leave us you're always listening to us and you always want us to hear you so we thank you for that Lord in Jesus name Amen and one more Lord we trust that in you in quietness and trust in returning and in rest is our strength and our salvation and so we thank you Lord for the opportunity to even just spend one minute listening to you and we ask Lord that you would open up space in our hearts and minds and even in our schedules to spend time listening to you trusting that you will then speak to us and encourage us um, that you will speak to us of your great love for us um, so we ask that you would indeed give us that gift um, make the space make us make the space um, in our time in our schedules for you in Jesus name amen, amen. amen.